This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network, available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for tuning in once again to a little thing we like to call the Ball on Blast Podcast. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. I'm joined by my dude, Mr. Andrew Webster. Webby, what is good? Sheldon, you told me that you were pouring a glass of wine and sitting down. You got the football on. We're going to record. My question is, what are we drinking tonight? What kind of wine are we drinking? Oh, some random, some random, like, I'm not, hold on. No free promos right now. That's, no, okay, that, okay. That, that, no, no, no. I just want to know the grape. I want to know the grape. Like, are oh, we a, a, a cab? Are we drinking a Merlot? Or what are we doing uh, here? Hold on. Let me peek over. It's a Merlot. It's a Merlot. Okay, nice. That's Merlot. fair. That's fair. Right on. Now, do you know the country of origin? Are we going Italian? Oh, we're going, we're, no, no. We're going, we're going local. We're going local. We're going Supporting local. local business, you know? Like your neighbor who... No. Wine or, no, no, not that local. Not My that neighbor, local. that's the that's the plug. That's it. <laughs> He's got like a grow up going of, of Listen, wine. If you basically. haven't if you haven't brewed your own beer or made your own wine, I, 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 I can't tell you what I was doing in second and third year. We had like vintages, you know. <laughs> oh, first time we did it, first time we did it, we didn't even put it into bottles. We just had the siphon going. We had the big bucket of wine that we made on the table and then just passed around the 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 siphon in covid times you can't do that you can't, can't do that. that can't do that anymore but i mean for now that concludes this episode of wine on blast yeah uh, wine tune on in blast. each and every week though who knows it covered. could be the spinoff it could be the spinoff it could be the spin-off. who knows who knows right <laughs> i'm down with a little red you know absolutely nothing. delicious hey, nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that maybe that's how we'll get lebron to come on the podcast right Let's talk Maybe. wine, LeBron. Yeah, hey, listen, we can talk, it. you know, Chianti's. We can talk, you know, Valpolicello's. Uh, we can do it all, man. It's all good. Yes, wine on blast for sure. That's a thing. But coming up on this episode of Ball on Blast, we'll discuss Giannis not being focused on his contract right now. Uh, the two new teams being added to James Harden's wish list. Who won the Russell Westbrook-John Wall deal? Uh, Kyrie losing money. Paul George getting money and the Clippers being the Clippers, and a little something special in Ball on Blast. That's a tease for you kids at home. But, of course, we start with the Toronto Raptors, and Raptors Twitter was buzzing as Open Gym, which is, I would say, like the hard knocks of the Toronto Raptors. It's really well done. It's an awesome series, you know? They put a lot of hard work into it, and it shows. Yeah, it's an incredible doc series that's behind the scenes following the Toronto Raptors. They do amazing work. But in their most recent doc, which is called The Bubble, uh, there was a scene in it where you go back to the 2013 draft and the Raptors are trying to trade up to land Giannis and Tedekumpo. Now, we knew about this. Right, We've heard the stories of them trying to trade up, but seeing the video is really cool and you're seeing a young Masai and young Bobby Webster working the phones, trying to make something happen. But Raptors Twitter was going crazy. Giannis is still trending right now in Canada because some people are trying to link this to some form of tampering or some form of a plot from the Raptors or some sign that Giannis is coming to Toronto. (laughs) Craziness, of course, but... How do you read this situation in terms of just seeing that video? Uh, I mean, it's funny, right? Because we've been talking about tampering and like a lot of teams being accused or, or paying the price, whether it's something a conspiracy we've thought of or it's something that was actually handed down. But this is a really interesting way of almost team-sanctioned tampering. You know, <laughs> like this is a th- – th- listen, I don't think that this is a uh, – a coincidence at all. This is a broadcast that's done by the team that mm-hmm. the that name is put out there right now. Mm-hmm. Like because when this was being filmed and being put together, it's still you know the Raptors saying that they have a chance to get Giannis. Right? Is that what they're saying? I do. I really do. Why so, else? Why, why not? Why put it in there? There's a lot of other footage that they could have used for sure. A lot of other examples they could have used to show like Bobby and Masai doing work way back when I get that 
But to me, I, I just think that's a reach. And maybe that's just because I'm coming from a place where I vowed that I'm not going to, like, even if Giannis doesn't sign the max extension on the 21st, I'm not spending the year reading into every little thing Giannis says or what Masai says is a sign that he's coming. There's a full season in between that and a lot can happen in between then to sway it. But I also don't get how a video of them trying to trade for Giannis on his draft night that we already knew about is a sign for anything. Like, I just think it's just, here's a flex. We're just flexing to show how big time we are, but it's not saying that Giannis is coming. The sign of the connectivity between the star (laughs) and this franchise. I really think, you know, I, I think that this is their play, you know, and it's funny because they have like, Ever since Giannis kind of took this leap, we've been hearing that he's had this connection with Masai Ujiri pretty much yeah. throughout his career. Mm-hmm. So for the team to kind of play into that, I, again, I don't think it's a, a mistake or a coincidence. So the Raptors talking to – the Raptors trying to get Giannis but not getting him. And in this moment of time right now, here's the thing. If they – if there was some like backroom deal or the Raptors really think that they have them, isn't the best play just to shut up and let it play out? I mean, probably, but that's not what a lot of teams are going to do. So, no, right? but this is what I'm saying. So like if there was some telltale sign that they know or they feel really good about getting honest, what's the purpose in putting out this, this video as some like form I, of collusion or to draw attention to it? Like just don't be quiet and know. don't do anything. I don't think exactly know, my though. point. Exactly my point. So if they don't know, Giannis doesn't know. What are we? What are we going crazy for? That's all but I'm you're saying. Trying to make your pitch, you know. Trying to get your. <laughs> trying to. I hear you. I hear absolutely. You. I hear you. But here, here's one thing that I will say about this Giannis situation that I still haven't had anyone fully explain to me here. Okay. So, if the whole narrative that Giannis is coming to Toronto is based off of a relationship between Masai and Giannis's family, right? That's what we believe this whole thing is about. Then why aren't any of Giannis's brothers on the Raptors, right? Like they're on the back end of the bench for the, the Bucks and the Lakers. Like yeah. we got 905. We got a, a couple bench spots there. If this whole thing is about the relationship that Masai has with Giannis's family, why is it only, why do we only want, like I get why we would only want Giannis. I get that because he's, yeah great but if this was about the family and all that why wouldn't the family when they have options of where to go and Masai could be like yeah we'll throw you a bone and come play on our team see that's I the part about I don't this get. and I think that you're right right like any other team that had like a d-league you know where you could get these guys but but the thing about the Raptors and the 905 is that they really take pride in that d-league team as a developmental team for the Raptors. Okay. So I, I think that they don't even want to waste the roster spots on the the black sheep at Kumpo brothers. Although, <laughs> hey, listen, there's only one uh, champion in that family. That and it true. ain't Giannis. It ain't Giannis. <laughs> Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna even take your your bait there on okay. the Giannis slander. I'm not gonna take the bait. Not gonna over over under rings for the Atenakumpo brothers in their career two. Ooh, over, over. Yeah. yeah. Well, because the Lakers are gonna win this season. Right? <laughs> I see what you did there. You you trapped me into your game. I That's tried right. to avoid the game, and you still trapped me into it, it anyways. But let let's continue with more Giannis talk because Giannis spoke to the media this week, and you know it was the first time, and everyone's waiting for it because you know I was thinking, hey, his birthday's coming up, coincides with training camp. Maybe that makes sense for when he was waiting to sign. And no, that did not happen. So Giannis finally speaks to the media. And when asked about his contract situation, he said, quote, right now, I'm not focused on that. I know my agent and the Bucks ownership are focused on those decisions. I'm just trying to focus on myself and how I can get better, how I can help my teammates be better, and how I can be ready Saturday to play our first preseason game. Close quote. What do you make of these comments, Mr. Andrew Webster? Well, this is funny because we talked about this last time when we were talking about Giannis about the move to get uh, Justin Holiday, just Drew Holiday, Drew Justin Holiday, Holiday. Drew another Holiday. brother playing in the NBA, yes. Drew Holiday, um, and we were saying, you know, how does Giannis not step in and be like, hey, listen, like 
let's get this guy. Let's not get that guy. Let's give him this much. Let's, Mm -hmm. if we can pay him this much, maybe I'm more likely to stick around. But when I read these quotes, it may like, and it's bad news for the bucks, but he is not invested in this decision as much as if I were a bucks fan, I'd want him to be. Yeah. Totally. You know, because if I was a Bucks fan, I'd want to be like, let's get this done. This is where I'm going to stay. But the whole, hey, I'm going to focus on me. Let's let the agent. (laughs) And that's that's screaming red light, like danger sign to me. Definitely not a good look for the Bucks. And again, nothing other than Giannis signing is a good look for the Bucks, right? Like they could do whatever they want, but until he signs on the dotted line, that's the only thing that matters. But you can't be. Like, if you're Milwaukee, all you can do is be focused on making your team better, which we'll get to a couple rumors coming up on how maybe that's a thing. We'll, we'll get to that. But if you can, I think you got to not panic and not try to pressure him because he knows the situation. He knows the dates. You just got to, if you're negotiating with his, his agent, lay everything on the line, which is pretty much whatever you want, which there was a funny back and forth in the press conference about, well, what's there to talk about? They're going to offer you whatever you want. And I forget the, what Giannis used as the, as the example, but he's like, if I came in every morning and said, I wanted this every morning, you think they'd give me that too? And the reporters are all like laughing. And it's like, yeah, they probably would <laughs> yeah. actually. Right. But it's, it's a very weird situation. And, and, I think it was Jackie McMullen I was watching on the jump the other day who made a really good point about how we're viewing this. And we're forgetting that Giannis is a different person than LeBron or Kawhi or whatever other star we've seen go through this exact situation. James in the sense Harden. that James Harden, yes. And maybe we're viewing it in a different light in the sense that Giannis, maybe he's like, okay, this deal's on the table, but maybe I don't want to take all this money and then change my mind. Right. Like maybe like he'd feel really bad about signing the big contract and then in a year being like, oh, we lost again. I'm rattled. I'm, I'm pissed off. You know what? Maybe Miami is a better place. And he right. doesn't know. And he wants to take another year or take as long as he has to figure it out because he can make up the 80 million dollars in other ways. Right. Like there's a way you can do that if you play it out you sign for two years, then you get the next extension for being like a 10 year vet after that. And you can make up the money. We just saw Anthony Davis do that. We're seeing, we've seen LeBron do that. So there's ways around it to make up the money. So even if, again, I keep saying, even if he doesn't sign at at December 21st, like there's still a whole season and the bucks are still a good team. I know people are throwing so much shade at them as if like they're trash now and they're not one of the favorites to win the East, but Reality check, Giannis is still an MVP candidate. Drew Holiday is still now their second best player, and he's really good. They're going to be decent. They're still going to be a good team. They're going to be a good team, and you're right. They're going to be NBA champion odds-on favorites from the East, but they are trash. <laughs> and honestly, the moves that they I made. Like Drew, man. I, I like Drew, man. I, I like Drew Holiday, too, but I don't think that he solves the problem that they had the last two years in the playoffs. I mean, I, I can't stress enough how bad Eric Bledsoe was for them come playoff time. For sure, but it, that offense you, is still built replacing around... Replacing that with Drew Holiday, I, I want to see it play. I can't wait for the season. That's yeah, The Bucks too. are one of the things I can't wait to see how this all but plays out. I, I think they're going to be an excellent regular season team. That's mm-hmm. just what Coach Bud does, and he'll have <laughs> the system, true. and he'll have the Bryson DeChambeau you. equation, you know, of... of <laughs> How to revolutionize Racing. NBA basketball, Racing and then they'll get to the playoffs. Yeah. Play will slow down. Possessions will get tougher. Buckets will get tougher. Yeah. And that team still does not – I guarantee you we're going to have games where at the end of the game, they're still going to be relying on Chris Middleton to hit big shots, and he's going to clank them. I mean, that's just it. <laughs> that's just it. That day hey, we'll see. That what didn't a ride. I mean, the one the one lame part I will say about Giannis's teammates, I don't know if you saw this. Oh, this is for um, his birthday. This is also a huge red flag when yeah. I read this. So for Giannis's birthday, a bunch of his teammates got him pens as a joke to like, hey, here's a pen for your birthday, sign your contract, ha ha ha. And Giannis's re- response to this was, quote, <laughs> at first I didn't get it. Chris came in and gave me a pen, and I was like, what's this? But after thinking about it, I realized it was for me to sign the contract. I laughed at first. Then I laughed the second time. And then I got like 20 pens. So I got, so it got a little bit old. I've got like 20 pens sitting in my locker. 
And me reading it, and if you watch Giannis say this, yeah. he didn't seem too impressed by this. And I mean, it's kind of a lame bit too, right? Like uh, after the first guy does it, it's kind of lame. It's either he's got the corniest teammates in the NBA or ownership gave those guys the pens to give to Giannis. Either and way, it's a bad look. Are lame. Yeah. <laughs> either way, it's a I terrible agree. look. Uh, speaking of terrible looks, that kind of seems like a perfect segue to the week of James Harden. <laughs> what do you mean terrible? I mean, what do you mean terrible? Well, when one of the headlines he looked like he was is, having a great time. Well, when one of the headlines is James Harden gave rapper Lil Baby three hundred thousand dollars worth of gifts for his birthday, including a Prada bag filled with honey buns and a hundred thousand dollars in cash. So wait. First off, so I gotta say I love this league so much. <laughs> we gotta break this down. Okay, so he got three hundred thousand dollars in gifts. You got a hundred thousand dollars in cash. Boom. Mm-hmm. You got two hundred thousand dollars left to play with. How much is a Prada bag, Gucci bag, something like that? What is it? Fifty? Not even gonna pretend to know. Depends. Well, There's levels to it. I'll say that. 100%. Right? You, can, you can go up on escalators for for from fifty to seventy five to I bet <laughs> to the six figures for sure. Yeah. Sure, a hundred thousand dollar bag. You still have a hundred thousand dollars to play with. Does that mean he bought little baby a hundred thousand dollars worth of honey buns? <laughs> I mean, in the video you can see there's a lot of honey buns. There's a lot of honey buns. There, there, there's a lot of honey buns. I mean, also James my Harden... <laughs> one of my nicknames for my newborn daughter as well is Honey Bun. She is Aww. the Honey Bun. Yeah, I probably have to get her a Prada bag as well. Yes, yeah, someday that will. <laughs> someday that's going to come down. <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny. So Harden, the reason why this is so ridiculous is because. While this was going on, the Rockets were getting ready for training camp. Harden opted to work out on his own at the University of Houston. And again, he attended rapper Lil Baby's birthday party in Atlanta and then spent a few nights in Vegas. Harden did not wear a mask at the birthday party or in the Vegas nightclubs. Social events that you got to imagine the beard soaks up those droplets. uh, That's kind of gross. Right, kind social events that violated the league's COVID 19 protocols. Now, I'm gonna say this, okay? I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna try to separate these two things here and say, obviously, in the middle of a pandemic, partying in a club is pretty stupid. Dumb. Right? That's not even up for debate right now, right? But that's also the United States of America right now. Like, there are places where it doesn't seem like there's a pandemic going on at all. And that's dumb in all of it. So in no ways are we condoning partying in a pandemic, right? We're very serious about the pandemic. Mask up, wash your hands, uh, socially distance, lockdown if you're locked down, and don't go to the club with no mask on. I can't even fathom. Don't go to the club. Yeah, I can't even fathom a club right now. That's really weird. But I'll I'll say this, right? We can separate the two things. Because in terms of a holdout or whatever you want to call this, Wow, James Harden. <laughs> like <laughs> what, what's thing. going on here? What what do you mean? Here's the this? thing. He's got he's gotta he's gotta test negative seven days in a row. Mm-hmm. That's how much he doesn't want to be on the Houston exactly. Rockets. Yeah. Is that he's like a week? All right, cool, whatever. Yeah. He's just buying time. I don't know if you saw the video online, but I don't know if he what facility he was coming out of, but a dude pulls up in his car. And it's like a fan and he, he, I don't know. Have you seen this video? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. So some guy rolls, some guy rolls out his, his, his uh, window and he's recording on his phone and James Harden's on the phone wearing a mask, like standing in the parking lot. And he's like, Hey James, James, yo, you going to stay in Houston, man. And Harden's not paying attention to him. And then some other team official like comes and steps in the way of the shot and starts like brushing the guy away. Like, come on, man, stop filming, stop filming. And all you hear is a guy say, yo, who are you, man? The police? <laughs> <laughs> I die with laughter. I'm like, that video, you got to go watch that video because it's just so, so good. Funny. All you hear is, yo, you the police? <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's amazing. And this the league, best line. Again, it's, this it's, league is amazing. Right? It's fucking awesome. So, again, James Harden is making a mockery of this, and obviously he's trying to force his way out. He's trying to buy time to allow them to make a trade. But while he's trying to make a trade, I have a question for you. Do you think that this is such a bad look, like such a bad hit to Harden's rep, 
what he's doing right now that it's going to turn teams off no. from trying to no. get him? No, no, not at all. I don't think so. Dude, either. this is the NBA, man. Like, <laughs> they're, the guys have done way, way worse and gotten paid. Correct. Okay? Correct. This, yeah, this is professional. I shouldn't even say this is the NBA. This is professional sports. Yes. Okay? This guy will drop 45 a game for you. Like, the Sixers are going to trade for you. Okay? Like, yeah. and he hasn't done anything illegal. He's just been what sports writers and NBA people are calling a jerk. And guess what? He's allowed to be. You yeah, know, people he's are allowed, allowed to be jerks. 100%, and, man. And I don't think he's going to get punished by another team. No. And I think here, here's the thing, right? Like, he's going to get punished maybe by the NBA for not following the COVID protocols as right. he should, because that's like very irresponsible and stupid to then expect to come around your teammates, right? And, and even just come around your family or anyone in particular, right? But that's a ridiculous part of this whole thing, the COVID aspect of it. In terms of the basketball side of it, it's, as you said, it's basketball and talent is always going to win out and make no mistake. James Harden is still one of the best players in the NBA. That's not up for debate. Probably the best scorer in the NBA, you know, and the only debate is because Kevin Durant's coming back to the league this year. Right. But other than that, you're, you're there's no way you're not going to tell me that there's 25 other teams at least that wouldn't get James Harden if they could. Of course they would do that. 100%. And, and there's, there's detractors that'll talk about his playoff failures and all that, but you still got to get there, right? Like he still got to a conference finals and lost to the Warriors in game seven. Like one of the greatest teams ever assembled in game seven, they lost. So you still got to get there. And there's again, 25 other teams that aren't there. So any one of those teams, you would take James Harden and have him flame out in the playoffs any day. But I find it funny just seeing some of the stuff on social media and people talking smack as if like any team wouldn't want James Harden. Of course you would, because you take the talent. As a Sixers fan, I'm ready to trade Ben Simmons to get this guy. Yeah. Like it's just, mm -hmm. I, and if you're not, then you're not really that serious about winning basketball games. Well, it's I also that, you don't understand the NBA because the NBA yeah. is about talent. You're not winning the championship unless you have top flight, A-level talent. Exactly. And, he is, and that. he is top three, top four in the league right now. Totally. Uh, Shams was dropping bombs today, though, as you mentioned. So first off, James Harden, earlier today, Shams dropped that Harden has now has the Milwaukee Bucks and Miami Heat among his preferred trade destinations, along with the Philadelphia 76ers and Brooklyn Nets. Now, to further that, he also followed that up with the Rockets, saying that they have no interest in a trade for James Harden that doesn't include Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. Again, that's reported by Shams. Now, I mean, it's posturing by the Rockets. They're trying to drum up. But the whole fact that that's even in the conversation just tells you all they're trying to do is just up the best offer that they have. So this news came a day or two after Daryl Morey said that he'd be very reluctant or wouldn't want to trade Embiid or Simmons to get Harden. Yes. So that's why I think that these this news came out today For sure. of adding the Heat and the Bucks, and then the and then the Rockets saying that they wouldn't take anything less than Durant or Kyrie to kind of tell the Sixers that it's got to be Embiid or Simmons. That's totally. what it sounds like to me. It's totally. just Maury and the Rockets going back and forth. That's, now, I'm a Sixers fan, and I've, I've, I've told you, I've been staunch in my views, that, he's, that Harden's going to be a Sixer, and I think yeah. this is the dance. And, and, and if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. hey, I'm wrong. That's cool. But that's just what it seems like to me right now. No, I, I agree with you. I think that is the dance. And I think that, you know, obviously this, you would assume that Shams is getting this from the James Harden side, right? Like James Harden is adding two other teams to his preferred destination. Like, here's the thing. We already knew about the Brooklyn Nets, but we know that long that's shot. kind of a long shot because Fertitta has already said that he wants stars, yeah. which makes sense as to why you would trade John Wall for Russ, which we'll get there, right? Like, and I mean that John Wall's not a star, but Fertitta just sees the name and he's like, oh, it's, I heard of that guy before. Yeah, he used to be Spencer a Dinwiddie and Jared Allen aren't stars. But I would, I'd have said this from the beginning. Give me the package of Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, and I'm going to take that and your picks. And you can have James Harden. Who's going to leave anyways for someone not as good? 
So I'd rather get three dudes who are not as good and at least yeah. take the picks and try to make my team still decent. Yeah, their backs are their backs are against the wall, and they've got him. And that's why you're seeing this posturing because that Fertitta guy, he knows he has to get as as much back as he can. Yeah, but he's got to get something back because he's if up. he plays this game a chicken and loses, then he's going to be left with nothing, and Harden's well, just going to leave. Well, James Harden's shown that he's going to just sit out or just do fuckery exactly. to like fail COVID tests and not play. And not have to play, exactly. Yeah, like that's what we've seen right now. So, I mean, the other thing about Fertitta that I don't, I don't believe that he won't trade Harden for, to the Nets for anything other than Durant or Kyrie because Durant and Kyrie are not even on the table. So the fact that you're still hearing the Nets... They haven't played a game together yet. No, but I'm saying like the fact that you're still hearing the Nets involved in the talks at all, it's just posturing. Plus, I don't believe anything that Tillman Fertitta says because he's the same guy that also said this week, quote, we've done nothing but gotten better in the offseason. Well, anytime you can get a guy who hasn't played meaningful <laughs> basketball in three years, you got to do it, right? Like, what, what are you talking about? But anyways, I mean, of those teams, though, because... Do you buy this? Do you no, think this is legitimate, it's, or it's, it's just fake news it's, to try it's to Sixers to try? And Milwaukee drive. has no assets, right? Right. Like, heat, Milwaukee has no star that they're going to give up, and the Heat we, aren't giving up Jimmy or Bam or or Harrow and Robinson. They're not going to do that. To be honest, I would do that. W- w- of course, you would, but the Heat aren't going to do that because they're I run by know. Pat. They're run by Pat they're, Riley, man. Like I don't this know if is they're not going to though. This is a you. We were talking about this too last time. James Harden does not seem like a heat. I agree. Culture with kind of guy. I agree with that, but I would trust that my culture would fix James Harden. I would trust in that. I don't think that he's broken. I just don't think that he's that no, no, kind no, of no, no, no. I mean, I mean, I mean, in terms of fix him, in terms of this uh oh he doesn't want to work hard oh he's not conditioned well like he doesn't fit into heat culture i feel like winning would make you fit into heat culture right like if all of a sudden he got there and then they're not good like obviously everyone's looking at you right because they were balling like and and think of i heard people talking about uh Tyler Hero and do you want to give him up? And it's like, did you just watch the NBA finals where they needed Tyro, Tyler <laughs> Hero to like get buckets and he couldn't do it because he's a rookie and that's completely not fair. Now just think if you replace that with James Harden. Oh, of uh, course you do that. For sure. But again, like you always talk about like rational thinking and these kinds of things. I just don't think that Pat Riley and the Heat would be rational thinkers about this. You know, I don't See, think I'd that go they the would. Other way. I you go the think other way. That I think they Pat would. Riley. I think Pat Riley loves stars, and if you can get stars, tr- I trust that we'll be. But able he to just made it out. a finals. He just made a finals without a superstar. Yeah, and and lost to LeBron and Anthony Davis, who had two stars. Yeah, right. Good point. Like, good point. So it gets you to a certain point, but at the end of the day, to get the chip, they just had more stars than he did. And if you can, and that's the other part of this. I think you're right. It is a smokescreen because if Miami's not giving up. Like if Fertitta wants a star, Tyler Hero is not a star no. to be the centerpiece of the deal coming back. Chris Middleton is not the star of a deal coming back the other way. So well, I, you know I'm with is. you. I think it's a Hold on, you know who is? It's Ben Simmons. Yeah. It I makes think, the I most think, sense. Yeah. I think you're and, right. That does make the most sense. And that way the Sixers, they wouldn't have to trade a draft pick either. Ooh. I don't think I mean, so. I think they would. I think they would because the, I, I bet you that's probably what the fight is. It's like because if I'm giving you Ben Simmons, I'm also not giving you a first-round pick. Who's going who's gonna, to – like who are they competing with? I don't – here's the thing. I don't think Fertitta understands that – like what happens if this continues. Like everyone keeps saying that, you know, the Rockets ha- – like the Rockets don't have to do it and they can wait it out. No, you can't. Like do you want your whole season to just be a joke? Yeah. Right. They, like, no. how much of a joke would it be? Harden just playing whatever he wants and making a mockery of the whole thing. Like, why would you want that? So I don't know. I w- I would trade him as I as I mentioned. I would trade him for Karis Levert, Spencer Dimwitty, uh, Jared Allen, and however many picks it takes. I would do that trade. I would also trade him for Ben Simmons, for sure. 
without a doubt. Like, you can't really be thinking that John Wall and Boogie Cousins are magically going to just be healthy all of a sudden, and this is, like, your squad, right? They've got zero Achilles. They've got two Achilles between them. Or no, no, I guess John Wall didn't tear his Achilles. But they've got got one healthy knee between them, I should say. (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Speaking of John Wall, though, Okay, Other let's get big into NBA news is John Wall was traded for Russell Westbrook, or I guess it was John Wall in a protected first round pick for Russell Westbrook. Let's start here. What's the most interesting part of this deal oh, to you? It's Westbrook going to the Wizards. It's Westbrook going to the Eastern Conference, 100%. John Wall, like I said, John Wall hasn't played meaningful basketball in almost three years. I love John Wall. I think he's one of, when he was going, when they were, when they went to that seven game series with Boston. Uh, with the Wizards, like there's no more entertaining player. Player that I love watching on television, have loved watching him since Kentucky. Like I love yeah. his skill set. He's amazing. But right now you have no idea what you're getting. You have no yeah. idea. With Russell Westbrook, you're getting a guy who made second third team, team all NBA, third team, third team all NBA, and who's had two seasons of triple doubles in the last five years. And a guy who's Three. never played in the Eastern Conference. Putting him on a very interesting, very interesting Washington team. A Washington team that I'm, as days go by, I'm talking myself into more and more. Now, did they overpay my guy Bertans? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. But this is a team with two dead-eye shooters in Beal and Bertans. They've got a really versatile big man in Thomas Bryant, who I really like. They've got a nice rookie who's going to be in his sophomore year in Hachimura. And now you've got a guy coming in and you want to talk about a culture changer. We can talk about the ups and downs of Russell Westbrook. One thing he doesn't do is take a night off. Yeah. He's not, he's never uh, a guy that you can accuse of not working hard Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and not competing. And for a guy like Beal, yeah. having that now in the locker room and that out on the court with him, I, I think the Wizards are going to be oh, oh, oh. plucky. Well, it, very interesting in the Eastern Conference. I think last time on this pod, I was talking about Atlanta, how I loved what Atlanta had done. And they yeah. might now after – like I know that he's on the other side of the hill here with mm-hmm. Westbrook, but – having him in the Eastern Conference, man, he's going to be playing Detroit like four <laughs> times a year, man. It's just going to be... Welcome to my side of things here, Webby. I no, love I, this trade. I saw you on Twitter too getting into people because you were like, oh man, like six seed, seven seed. People yeah. are like, they'll be lucky if they make the playoffs. Like, I, How? <laughs> I don't know. I understand that their coach isn't the best. Cool. Fair. But they... but. Man, that's a. I love Thomas Bryant. Like, I think he's on, so on, underrated. Like, let's simplify this. Bradley Beal and Russ. Like, if you're if you're ranking Eastern Conference players, like how far down the list are Bradley Beal and Russ? Right. Like, there's a, a lot of things here that I, that I love about what we're going to be able to see in the Eastern Conference. Meaning, like. East Coast time as an old head that falls asleep early and like last year waiting up for Lakers and Clippers games every night. <laughs> moved it, move, move, move to the mountain time, man. Mountain time, <laughs> it's the ultimate, man. It's the mountain time for I hear you. But in all seriousness, right? To me, the most interesting part of this trade was that there were people actually comparing Russell Westbrook and John Wall. And to me, that makes no sense at all. As you said, John Wall hasn't played in almost two years. John Wall hasn't played more than 42 games since the calendar year of 2017. It's crazy. We're about to go into 2021. My guy hasn't played more than 42 games. Meanwhile, in those same seasons, Russ went triple-double, triple-double, and then averaged 27, 7-6, and six, and made the All-NBA team this year. But Not I feel like – and there was an argument I had in the newsroom, okay? Everyone was on me, and, and obviously there's a lot of Raptors fans, so people are talking about Kyle Lowry. You'd rather have Kyle Lowry than Russell Westbrook. And I'm like, that's, you guys think that because you're crazy. Raptors that's fans. Crazy. That's crazy. And I crazy. get it, but nobody thinks that – nobody actually thinks that Kyle Lowry is better than Russell Westbrook, right? Like, who thinks that? 
And their argument was Kyle Lowry's a way better leader and Russ is a bad teammate. And I'm like, who says that? This was, this was my thing to them, right? I was like, who says that? Where's this narrative from? Because I only hear it from media people and stat nerds because the real, it's the NBA. If people don't like playing with you, you're going to hear about it, right? Like dudes aren't shy about speaking about things that they don't like. And we've never heard anyone speak bad about it. We've only assumed that he's a bad teammate because people are like, oh, he's a ball hog. Or people have said, well, Kevin Durant didn't like playing with them. Well, guess what? Kevin Durant also left Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green because he didn't like playing with them anymore. More so, Draymond Green, I think. No, but, the, but like how, how much of a, thing, of a good judge of character is Kevin Durant then, right? But you're totally right in, in, in Westbrook because not only, uh, like you say, the bad teammate thing I think is way overblown, mm-hmm. but the reason that he made the All-NBA team this year was because he unlocked something in his game playing with the Rockets that I think he really needed to find, mm-hmm. you know, which was now being where he is in his career, his biggest attribute isn't to take three pointers. And yeah. on that Rockets team, he found that he's most effective getting to the bucket, you know? And if he can do that with this Warriors team or this Wizards team in the Eastern Conference and take that same role that he had on the Rockets, which was attack, attack, attack. Like I say, he's got shooters on that team. Like play into your strengths, Russ. And and stepping into this system, he can really do that and, and yeah. continue the form that he's found. Like he doesn't have to be Oklahoma City era Russell Westbrook in yeah. launching eight three-pointers up a game. He doesn't have to mm-hmm. take one or two if he wants to sure but here's the ball man like go and get it and again it's the eastern conference it's gonna take a miracle for them to miss the playoffs Exactly. It's like the same thing that we were when we were talking about Drew Holiday a couple of pods ago, right? And and the knock people were saying, well, he hasn't been an All Star in a in a, a couple of years. And it's like, do you know how well, hard it is behind. to make the All Star team in the Western Conference <laughs> as, as a, a guard? guard? <laughs> right. You're talking Steph, Clay. You're talking Russ. You're talking Chris Paul, Lillard. Dame Lillard, right? Like it's a gauntlet in the Western Conference. James Harden, wow, right? It's a gauntlet in the Western Conference in terms of making the All Star game as a guard. And yet here's Russ, and people throw so much slander at this guy. And I'm like, I don't get it. But I feel like it's such a media narrative thing that once somebody says it, then that's the lens that we continue to view this person of. And I've always held it important. Hold on, I'm going to read something here, right? Because I've always held it important. I go by what players say because there's something that media people will never understand and that's in terms of sitting there and watching someone else on your team lead by example and if you're playing with russ and you know that that guy gives a fuck right like how does that not have an effect on you? you've already heard the the whispers coming out of wizards camp that he's changed the intensity level because of how hard he's playing in their freaking training camp but i'm going to read a couple things here because these are from people who have played with Russell Westbrook to this narrative that Russ is a bad teammate. This from Paul George. He allowed me to be myself. He allowed me to be comfortable. I had one of my best career years I had playing alongside him. Russ is a heck of a teammate. That's actually facts too. If you go back and look at the stats, the best year Paul George had was that year. Third in the MVP that year. Kevin Durant says, I thought the criticism was always unfair. With me leaving, they brought up this narrative that nobody likes him, and I always thought that was ignorant. That's from Kevin Durant. Carmelo Anthony. People don't understand his mindset. People kind of take that and put a wrong perspective on his mindset and what he is trying to accomplish. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Like People are like, oh, he's a bog. It's like, no, no, no. He's going hard. Uh, One more. Okay. Enos Cantor, your boy. Russell Westbrook was the best player I've ever played with. He's not just the best player. He's the best teammate I've ever had off the court. Like, I, I'll, I'll do you one better. I've got lots of friends in Oklahoma City. They're Thunder diehards. Yeah. Season ticket holders. Okay. When Durant, they can't even say Durant's name. Okay. okay? Yeah. They, they yeah. burn them in effigy, you know, yeah. like burning jerseys. They won't say one bad thing about russell westbrook they know they they watched it he was the engine of that team he's the guy who came every night and gave it all on the floor for the team for the fans and for the win okay that's what you're getting and and what happened with russ is that he got the bad rap when durant left 
And then the stats nerds, the analytics, killed him on the MVP yeah. season. Killed him. Yeah. With They're the like, oh, he's stat star. chasing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Killed him. And then those together, they made a bad perception of Russell Westbrook. But the, like I said, the one thing you can't take away from the guy is how much he cares about winning and about uh, playing for the team. And there's also that's what I want on my team. I, I I don't understand. We I think we did this when he went to Houston, and we were like, yeah. this is a good move for Houston. I think too, what happens is people tell on themselves, right? And this is all sports. This is not just basketball. But are you actually watching the game, or are you just watching stats? Because we're not supposed to use just one of the metrics. We're supposed to use both of them, right? And so because he's a bad shooter or a bad at shooting threes, then it's like, ah, oh, he's not good because he's a terrible shooter. And it's like, no, no, no. That just means he needs to alter his game. That's on a coach. That's and on a game it. plan. And, and that's sure. the thing. Yes, he And people did. still crushed him. And he my sh- guy dealt with COVID in the bubble, right? It's not like he just played like trash. Like my guy got hurt in the bubble and got COVID. And people are just slandering this guy and thinking that he's the same as John Wall. Like what? In, in fact, I think what he did is even more admirable. He he took the weakness of his game, which was three point shooting. Mm-hmm. And he took it out. He said, you're right. I don't need to be doing that. I, I can use my skills to help my team win in other ways. And man, I'm telling you like six seed in the West. We'll, in we'll the get East. to that closer to the season. We'll discuss like where we think teams will play out in each conference for sure. But I'm super excited to see how the wizards are going to do. And I think that they have a very high ceiling. Like that was a great, great, move for them because again he changes your culture instantly john wall just wasn't there playing for the last however many years but also just mindset wise like that guy is gonna play his ass off every single night and as a fan as a teammate isn't that what you want like i would i would take a guy who isn't as good but that i know is trying really really hard and the, the other part is when you watch playoff basketball the year when they flamed out with paul george Paul George was shook in that series as well. And Russ was just jacking up shots like crazy because he knew he had to do that because Paul George wasn't scoring. And outside of those two playoffs and and outside of those two, they didn't have anybody for sure. But if you watch last year's playoffs, remember we were showing the highlights. I remember tweeting it out of the end of the game with the Rockets and James Harden wanted nothing to do with the ball. And so what's Russ going to do? He's going to get the ball and he's going to jack. I want the guy that wants to smoke, yeah. right? So uh, absolutely. I, I can't wait to see how this plays out. I think him and Bradley Beal, people are, are forgetting how good Bradley Beal actually is as well. I'm interested to see how that plays out for sure. Uh, and, and just before we wrap this up, you got to just hope that John Wall comes back and has at least – you know, 80%, 75% of what he had before he got hurt that that year. Because like I say, like the league is better with John wall. You don't want to see it. I I just want to do the no look, you know, I, I, he's great. I want to see a Dougie, right? Yeah. Bring the Dougie back. Why not? Why not? That's it. I'm I'm too sick of doing my, uh, my gritties. Now I need to bring (laughs) the Dougie back. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, someone who's not doing the Dougie or the Gritty because he's probably mad that he's gotten fined is your man's Kyrie Irving. Brooklyn Nets continue to be the talk of the town. I mean, I didn't even do that on purpose because Kyrie's not talking. He actually <laughs> got fined for not talking. Uh, but he and the Brooklyn Nets, respectively, were fined $25,000 each over Kyrie's refusal to speak to the media. So in case people aren't aware of what happened, while it was media day for all the teams, and you just had to get on a Zoom record and talk to the media, every single player, Kyrie decided that he wasn't going to do so. And instead, (laughs) he released a statement saying, in part, quote, instead of speaking to the media today, I'm issuing this statement to ensure that my message is properly conveyed. I'm committed to show up to work every day, ready to have fun, compete, perform, and win a championship alongside my teammates and colleagues in Nets organization. (laughs) Close quote. That's only part of the message. It's a little longer. But end of the day, what did you think of Kyrie trying to not speak to the media and instead release his own statement? If you're the Nets, you pay his fine. I'd I'd rather him put out that statement than get a microphone in his face and say (laughs) the wrong thing. Now I love Kyrie. And I think honestly, during the bubble, what he did again Mm -hmm. for the women's game uh, online and things like that was really cool. I think that Kyrie's a really smart kid 
and he's got uh, a, a really good head on his shoulders. But, man, it just seems like if he does get in front of an open microphone, uh, it doesn't necessarily always go right. Um, That's so, very true. So if you are going to be – and he seems like somebody who's really um, interested in his legacy, in his message, oh, and making sure that his word isn't taken out of context. And yeah. so doing this in – I've got no problem with it. Like if you want to control your message, that's fine. I'm just here. So I don't get fined. Right. (laughs) And the statement's fine, you know, but it'll be interesting to see what kind of blowback because he already, he's like Westbrook, man. He already gets a lot of, a lot of blowback and I'm sure this won't help, but I don't think it'll matter if they're really good. I think that if they get rolling, I think the only way that this would be bad for him or the Nets or even Durant is if they, have some really big struggles and Kyrie's yeah. not talking to the media. Here's, here's, here's my thing with Kyrie. I think Kyrie is actually smart. I think yeah. sometimes he's too smart for his own good. Like right, he, right. he outsmarts himself and like plays chess and he's making counter moves to things that haven't even happened yet. Yes. But you're right. You know, and a lot of the Kyrie slander, we forget a lot of the good things that he did, like say that he would try to put up the salary to any WNBA player that for whatever reason was going to lose money because of the pandemic like that's incredible right like when you you really think about that having those instagram live like watch parties for the wnba games i thought that was so cool like of course but in this because that was all his messaging that wasn't something that he put out to the media in a press release or or had press over it was something that he could control so i think that he thinks that that's very important but this is just going too far right because Again, you're countering something that hasn't even happened yet, right? right? We know the media is going to ask you about James Harden. going to ask you about Steve Nash being the coach. You know they're going to ask you about do you have championship expectations. Like you know the five questions you're going to get for sure, right? You know what they want you to say to get the clickbait. But I think you also know how you can just say it, be boring enough that it just ends, and that's it. Like you can do that. You can suck that up for one day at least in training camp. And then it's not a story at all. Right? right. Instead, you made an even bigger deal by not speaking to the media and then turning this into a, like however many more days of storylines because you decided that you were going to not speak to the media, but send out your own statement so that you weren't, your message was properly conveyed. Like, I like it again. He's playing he's chess when much. he should be. He's playing chess when he should be playing checkers. Usually it's the other way. Too much. But like, yeah, just just too much, man. And it's like the Bucks, right? With uh, Giannis, just doing too much. (laughs) The Pens, yes. For sure. The Bucks should try to send some of the Pens to Kyrie so he could sign his check. Or write more uh, messages. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Maybe they can send the Pens to Paul George, who signed today. He doesn't need them. them. Right? Signed a maximum contract extension with the Clippers that will guarantee him as much as $226 million over the next five years. Uh, There's been a lot of noise going on in Clipperland the past few weeks. But what's your reaction to this deal? That's a lot of money for a guy who I thought we pretty much all had a consensus that he wasn't that good. Like, aren't we like three months removed from everybody uh, being like, Paul George kind of sucks. See. And it's like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, and that's okay. a lot of years. Like, I, I, I don't know, man. Here's you, what happened. Gotta, I bet you, you got to be pretty happened. confident. You got to be pretty confident that Kawhi is also going to sign a similar deal. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. Um, here's the thing though. And here's why I kind of get what the Clippers are doing. Worst case scenario, you do not want to end up like the Houston Rockets who gave up a bunch of assets to get Russell Westbrook to then have him one year later be like, yo, I'm out. And then you end up getting – so they gave up all those assets, all those picks to get Russell Westbrook to then have him leave. So now you have John Wall? That's horrible. So if you're the Clippers and you look at it and you say – Hey, well, we have Paul George, and I've been steadfast on this. You can go back to the beginning of the bubble to after the bubble to I'm going to say it now, I'm going to say it going into the season, I'm going to say it during the season. Don't overreact to what 
happened in the bubble. And a he lot of people are going a, to He do shot that. a three-pointer off the off side the of the backboard. I know that. <laughs> it he was bad. It's almost like I'm going to make it I'm going to put this in the in the a different context for you that I think might be near and dear to your heart. It's like your man's Carson Wentz, right? Oh. Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts doesn't have to be a superstar. He That's just has to not be Carson Wentz. Did you, and all did Paul you George him? has to do but all, all Paul George do. has to do, follow me, follow me, follow me. All Paul you George got me has fired to do up about Jalen Hurts now. Not shoot it off the side of the glass <laughs> and just be serviceable. Be able to hit an open shot when Kawhi kicks out to him because Kawhi's getting double teamed. That's all Paul George has to do. Carry them for a couple games during the year. Just don't be a complete no-show that he was in the playoffs for multiple he- games. And I know that we've seen that over and over again. Multiple seasons he's done that in the playoffs. But Kawhi will also be better. The team will also be better. I still think that the Clippers can go into this season and people are going to underestimate them. They're going to make all the jokes. And the Clippers are going to be really good. They're going to be really good. We said when they got both of them Mm -hmm. that the last thing that they wanted to do would be holding the empty seat when the music stopped and for them to both leave after the one or two, the two years. Mm-hmm. Now at least they've got Paul George for the next conceivably next five years. For sure. Worst case scenario. Uh, so that I Did don't mind. See, but hold on, hold on, hold on. Did a lot of see, money. No, no, no. Did you see that? I guess it was a clip or maybe one of the posts on IG of Paul George saying he wants to retire as a Clipper. <laughs> and Dave <laughs> and then it was like, well, I saw that he said it in Indianapolis. I saw that oh, he said yeah, it yeah. in Oklahoma City. <laughs> There's a post, yeah, of people saying that he said it in all, every other place that he's been, yeah, right? Yeah. He said the same thing. I want to retire as a pacer. I want to retire as a member of the Thunder. Thunder, yeah. Right? And uh, in the comment section, people found that Dame Lillard wrote in the comments, and he wrote Al Capone. <laughs> I thought that was incredible. So good. I'm like, because, and the funny thing was, at first I saw it, like I saw someone post it. Dave Lillard responds saying Al Capone. And I'm like, Al Capone, I don't get it. I'm like, oh, he's saying that's cap. I'm like, I'm an idiot. I'm like, I'm old. It's okay. I'm old. I, I don't speak the language as a kid. So it takes a second to, to click. But the Bro. first time I saw it, it said Al Capone. I'm like, and you're Al like, Capone, what's he talking did he, about? Did he evade his taxes? What did he? <laughs> That was like, bro, I had to look up what the gritty was. <laughs> yes. I so had to be Adam like, <laughs> I had to be like, new touchdown dance. And it was like, oh, the gritty. Okay. Yeah. I see you. I see you. Hey, that's why this podcast keeps us young, right? It keeps us that's young it. with all the trends and what, what's going on. But that was Honestly, so funny. My was- cultural touchdowns are so tied to the NBA. It's stupid. Yeah. And, but, and so I was telling you when the James Harden put up the Instagram post of the emoji and I was like, bro, that's my favorite emoji. Like, I'm so happy that he's using what my wife and I use to each other. Just <sighs> that was amazing. the best. Yeah, it was the best. So, so I'm just happy. Yeah. My cultural touchstones are not letting uh, me down here. With sticking the with your man's James Harden though. I'm going to get it so that I don't misquote it, but this makes me think that he's going to the Sixers of all the things that, you know, Is came out new? recently. Is this no, new? this was a couple days ago. Um, this was a couple days ago, like maybe yesterday or the day before, actually. But um, I'll find it when I keep scrolling on my timeline. I guess yeah, so many things. I didn't happening. have a new. Oh, Woj this was two bomb. days ago. No, no, no. This was two days ago. It's not a Woj bomb. If anything, it's a Meek bomb. As Meek Mill posted hey, a picture of hey. him and James Harden, oh, it just it's said, "Done. It's done. It's it just done said, deal. no young men should have all that power." And I posted that, and it's one of those things where when it does go down, I'm going to point back to it and be like, yo, Meek told us this was going down. Like, people need to realize Meek and Michael Rubin are boys, right? Like, Meek got the streets, man. He's got the streets in his hand. No, but Meek and the Sixers owner are boys. Like, if there's whispers that, yo, we're going to try to get this done. They picked him up out of jail to bring him to a Sixers game. Hey, I'm aware of all this. I was trying to let everyone know. Like, we find out these things on Twitter before, like, the Woj yeah. bombs. Like, Cuffs the Legend broke oh. the Westbrook trade hours before Woj and Shams <laughs> First of all, the best decision I've made in the last couple of months is to follow that guy. And <laughs> Would like, I ever lead you astray? But, but he's got some real, real hot takes that I'm oh. like, I don't know. He's like blue oh, cheap. The, he was talking about wings. He was talking about eating wings yes. with ranch, and I was like, oh, I well, I, yeah, I almost unfollowed him. I yeah. almost unfollowed him. 
straight hot takes. It is, it is Twitter. It is NBA Twitter at its finest. But if you're not following, if you're not following Castle Legend, you've got to remedy that immediately. I'm so excited for this NBA season. It's going to be so much fun. Oh. I can't wait at all. Uh, training camp is underway. Preseason games will be going on this weekend. That means the real games are right around the corner. Can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. And we'll We're be here to break down all previews. the fun stuff. Oh, We're yeah. going to get we'll some season some previews. For sure. We'll be doing some season previews. We'll be breaking down all the news and notes and funny happenings in the NBA for sure. Um, but as always, we wrap up each and every week on the podcast with a segment we call Ask on Blast. And normally it's just a little pop culture. It's just kind of whatever else is going on, whatever we want to talk about. But this week I thought it was pretty easy because December 4th was December 4th. a mistake for certain people. It's the birthday of one Sean Carter. And Jay-Z turned 51 on December 4th, which just sounds so strange. And I don't want to go too long here because obviously people that know me <laughs> and know the pod, follow me online, they know Jay's my guy. But when I say December 4th and Sean Carter is 51 years old, what does that mean to you, Mr. Andrew Webster? It means I'm old as hell, man. <laughs> <laughs> really does. I was just, you know, I it was December fourth. I was on Twitter, and it was like, you know, which of these albums? Like, if you only had to keep two of these Jay Z albums, and I'm looking at them, and I'm like, okay, like each one is such a point in my life. Like, Moment it's like I've been listening to them since fucking junior high. Yeah, and and it's like every album, it, like there are memories tied to each one. You know, whether the album was good or not, some of them were terrible. Like, let's not front. Like, Jay didn't have only classics. So true. even – but Very even true. the bad ones, they connect to memories of where I was and who I was at that time. So uh, sure. it's just such a long, storied career. And then the other thing that I love so much about Hove is the – I mean, like, honestly, when I was at the top of my love of The Rock was when he was kind of making that – conglomeration of all those guys and it was like putting on bleak putting on seagull putting on free putting on pd crack putting on all these guys and then the way that they would intermingle with each other and then it almost got like icarus right it got too close to the sun and tried to bring in <laughs> Dipset, and it just yeah. kind of collapsed it's such an interesting story of a career that kind uh, oh yeah i mean how do i forget like how did i it's forget yeah, like yeah birthing Kanye into the world. It's just such an interesting and storied career. I was talking uh, online the other day of, you know, there's, there's one music documentary that I want to see. And I know I've brought this guy up a ton, but like the definitive like Wu-Tang documentary for MF Doom okay. would be hey. the coolest thing ever. Just cause he's kind of been this figure in rap music, both mainstream and underground for so long. But yeah. th the real one, like the one that you're going to get a, two three two hour part documentary is going to be the hove story and it's going to be awesome right like yeah, that's going to be a great I wonder, documentary. i wonder when that gets done right like that's super interesting to me i wonder i wonder when that gets done that's super interesting and you're right i mean because to me like yeah jay's older than us obviously but i feel the same as you like i grew up with him or like yeah. he raised me and i don't say that as like hyperbole like if you know me you kind of know the story then right and and you know i don't know i i guess to me it's kind of like i'm not where i'm at if not for jay right mm -hmm. like i'm not trying to gas i'm not whatever but like i trying to build what i'm building trying to do what i do trying to get to where i got to all that stuff and even just where I'm at now, I'm not there without Jay. And I know that sounds like hyperbole, but it's kind of one of those, if you know, you know, type things, right? Yeah, it's an inspiration. It's a storytelling. It's the, the first time, I guess, like as a young person growing up, having someone explain your surroundings to you in such crystal clear pictures and just yeah. getting you to understand your surroundings, but also how to get through. And the fact that it wasn't about, you selling drugs or shooting people or whatever. It's about you doing what you have to do as the individual to get through your circumstance. Right. But I don't even want to get too, too deep into that because I feel like I'm that old now. And as we get older, we realize at this stage, I don't even try to explain it to people. 
that much anymore. Cause it's kind of no. like if you're in the age group, you know, yeah. and if you're a little older or a little younger, you don't get it. But if you're in that right sweet spot, you totally get it. And, it, yeah. and it's kind of like a hat tip when you meet someone else who, who does get it. Right. I'm like, I mean, I'm wearing the one of one on blast hoodie right now. What would Hova do? Right. And it's funny. I remember I was wearing this. I was out at a bar. It was after a Jays game. I was out at a bar and I remember this group of girls like stopped me as we're, as we walked out of the spot, this group of girls stopped me. And the one girl was like, Oh, who's Hova? And I started laughing, right? I started laughing. And before I could even say anything, her friend's like, shut up, you idiot. Of course, it's Jay-Z. Like, how do you, you know who Jay-Z is? And I'm like laughing my ass off at this point, right? And I'm just like, ah, Beyonce's husband. And she was like, honestly, I love how you just described him as Beyonce's husband. Like, that's so beautiful. I'm like, all right, it's time for me to go. (laughs) Whatever's happening right now. This this is time to go. Like this is just a side that time to go. But what I mean, what I mean by that is it's just like it's a generational thing. And it means yeah. so much to certain people, and either you know or you don't know. But we grew up in a generation in which you were there's a generation that was raised by Jay. And that's a specific group of people. It's an age group and it just hits different. And now at this stage, it's clear to me, if you know, you know. If you put on Can I Live and, and, and you get that, if you bump Reasonable and you get that, same way you bump uh, Blueprint. Like yeah. I remember the high school house party Black that album. I was at when we just ran Blueprint on repeat over and over and over again. And my boy, David Beveridge, we went to the HMV at Young and Eglinton to get it on the day it came out. I Like we remember all of this stuff. It's just, it just hits different. So I don't think I could have went without saying something about the man, the myth, the legend, Sean Carter. But uh, yeah, definitely. There's no way I could have a platform and not speak on the man's birthday. December 4th is beautiful. Beautiful okay. song. So just before we get out of here, okay, there was something that I want to... Do you have Amazon Prime? No. Okay. I, uh, I don't know how we're going to see these. I've got Amazon. I might give you my password just because there's... <laughs> Okay. Do you know who Steve McQueen is? Not the old uh, action movie star, but the director, the film director. Yes, yes, He yes, did yes, 12 yes. Years a Slave. He did yeah. Shame. He's got this five movie series on Amazon Prime okay. called Small Acts. And it's about okay. the West Indian experience in London, England in the oh. 60s. I think it's five so it's the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Okay. Five movies that take a look at West Indian immigrant life in London. And okay. the two, the one about the 60s and one about the 70s. The one about the 60s is called Mangrove. And the one about the 70s is called Lover's Rock. Mangrove okay. is long. Lover's Rock is short. Okay. I've been put on. These have been recommended to me. Okay. The music in them is supposed to be unbelievable. And it's supposed to be, you know, an almost like historical fiction of yeah, yeah, what was yeah. happening in England. I'm going to check these movies out and I will report back to you because these are supposed right. to be stellar. And yeah. I think that in the time that we're living in, it's definitely something we're going to check out and report back to the pod about to see whether I give them my recommendation or not as well. I like it. On Blast recommendations. I like it. I like it a lot. That's what we do here. We do that. We talk about Jay. We talk about Ball. And the league we love, the NBA, so much. Webby, so man, close. It's so, much, so close. It's so close thanks. to being back. Thanks so much, as always. This was so much fun, man. It's been a busy week, despite <laughs> the fact that I'm supposed to be on vacation. But, like, what's a vacation mean? <laughs> the <laughs> hardest working guy. Like, you had a pod on Wednesday with the challenge. You had a pod earlier today for the football. And now yeah. you're doing this one. Hardest working man in show. Yo, I went right on now. your boy's pod. He told me to shout you out. Uh, the Confederacy of Dunks. Great dudes. Freddie. Yes. Yeah, man. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That's awesome. Big Freddy shout out to Confederate. Yeah, they're really nice guys, man. Yeah, they're really Yeah, they listen to this show too, man. Yeah, really good dudes. It's been a busy week for sure, but a fun week cuz talking basketball, talking That's sports. It. Where Total else would fear. you rather be? Where else would you rather be? My dude, where can the people find you to to Okay, let's all about you dreaming of getting <laughs> James Harden. Hard. Uh, you can sit and watch the Eagles Saints Jalen Hurts game. I'm just saying, we're gonna cover. Okay, it's eight and a half. We're gonna cover. 
just okay. Jalen Hurts. I, I just watched his every drop back he had against the Green Bay Packers. You know the big difference is? He's not Carson Wentz. Okay? So Sunday, hit me up uh, on Instagram, on Twitter. It's the same, at AWebster84. I like it, my dude. I like it. You can find me on Twitter, at Shell Alexander, on Instagram, at Sheldon Alexander. And of course, on Blast Podcast Network, we got a bunch of stuff going on, including this, the Ball on Blast Podcast. Busy season. Busy season. The challenge is back, as Webby mentioned. So we got that podcast going. You killed it. Um, that's up and running. We got a bunch of episodes up already. We got a preview of the season. We got a first episode recap. Oh, Fessy, what interview. are you doing? We got our interview with my girl, Ashley, which was awesome. Check that out if you haven't. And also, football season's still kicking, and we're just trying to win people some money. That's what we're trying to do, handing out winners. I mean, we, we're on the, you Rams have the Rams tonight. You were on yeah, the Rams. We're on, we're on the Rams tonight. So Good. That was easy money. Win people some easy money, money, right? That's all we're trying to do out here. And it's been so much fun doing all these things here. And I close each and every podcast because it's the most true statements from the wise words of the aforementioned Meek Mill. I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Ball on Blast podcast, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Peace. This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast podcast network, available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Oh,